the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Daniel, has your god been able to rescue you from the lions? My god sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lions. You have never seen it before. I never preached with a microphone stand. You know why? Because it's almost impossible to see me behind that stand. Can you see me? No, it's, you know, it's so, I'm so thin. I lost maybe 100 milligram this week. No, just kidding. I just, you, you will see anyhow why I'm using the microphone stand. We are in a series about Daniel Take a Stand, and the topic is, what can I do if I do not see a way out? Sometimes we're facing a situation that's really tough, right? We, we don't see a way out, and that's very important that in those moments, you have to be a worshiper. And here's the Bible verse in Acts chapter 17, verse 25. It's about worship. God himself gives life and breath to all people. He also gives them everything else they have. With other words, when you're facing a rough season, please be a worshiper. Find out your own worship style. Do you know there are different worship styles? I want to teach you about the different worship style. For example, this is a typical Swiss worship style. They have their hands in the pocket. It's like the little bird, the little bird worship style. Like, yeah, I, I am super happy and I praise God with my whole body, right? It's the little bird worship style. Certain people, they praise God like this. It's carry a TV, small TV, big screen. That's also worship style. Other people, you see them worship like praising God like this. It's like, how big is my fish worship style? It's a small fish. Oh, it's a big fish. It's a large fish. This could be like also worship style. Some people, they praise worship like this. It's like holding a baby. Then you throw the baby into the air and grab it. You can only do this if you have a good, good, strong deal. If not, don't throw the kids into the air and you grab it again. That's like a very, very unique carry a baby worship style. Some people like a doorkeeper in soccer. Oh, I saved the ball. Boom, in the left corner. I saved the ball. Boom, in the right corner. It's like a goalkeeper worship style. Especially now in spring. Some people, they do like this. It's cleaning the window. Window cleaning worship style. If you have a big house, you need both hands. It's a huge, tremendous villa worship style. And some men, we praise God like this. It's a Father God. Strong worship style. Some people praise worship God like this. I am the winning position. And this is like, God is a Superman. Some people, they praise worship God like this. God, I have a question, worship style. Pick me, I have a lot of ideas. Or some people like this, like a police office, officer, worship style. 
Just give me your hand, girl. Give me a five. The most important thing is, I don't know what kind of a style do you have, but you're not alone. You have only a certain space. Just watch for a moment. You cannot do crazy. Be in the space you have. That means like cross-country worship style. Or you can do some flag worship style. Flag, throwing flags. Have you ever seen a Pentecost church? People lying on the ground. It's not because of the Holy Spirit. They're killed by the flag. That's why keep the position, the space you have. And my question is, what kind of a worship style do you have? Because you need that, especially in moments when the pressure, the fire, is super hot. Here is Daniel and the three friends. They faced a tremendous tough situation, but they praised God in an amazing uh, praise and worship style. Here is the story of Daniel and the three friends. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold and set it up in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. When they stood before it, the herald proclaimed, Nations, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, you must fall down and worship the image of gold. Whoever does not fall down will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, all the nations fell down and worshipped the image of gold. At this time, some astrologers came forward and said to the king, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did not obey your command. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned the three. He said to them, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I've made, very good. <laughs> but if not, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to him, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. The furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Certainly, your majesty. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, 
and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Servants of the Most High God, come out! Come here! So they came out of the fire. The fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. And there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. No other god can save in this way. Well, this is really an amazing story. And I believe they faced really a heavy, heavy uh, pressure, a heavy, heavy storm. And we do this as well in our, in our lives. That's why I believe we have to be in the position to be a worshipper. And I want to give a little bit of back, a big, a, give a background about Babylonian. And here's one thing they said. You have to worship this golden statue. And whenever you hear a sound, then fall down and praise him. And I have to understand, music is atmosphere, right? You feel it? Yeah, I see a lot of people are dancing. Some. Whenever you hear the sounds, fall down and praise him, and then you will be super, super excited. Here's the math. Statue plus music, you will be super, super happy. And actually, behind the statue are a culture. And the culture of Babylon was power, and possession means the statue. And the music stands always for pleasure and sex. Means equal, I am happy. Power and possession plus sex equal, I am super happy. Do you understand that? It's very simple, right? You say, oh, uh, this was Babylonian. I think this is 2018, and that's exactly the thing. Babylonian is just a, a, a thinking, a, a culture has also a meaning for our, to, uh, for our today. That means you have to understand the devil, and here's the thing, the devil has never invented anything. The devil has never created anything. God is the creator. He created everything. Why am I saying that? The culture of the devil is always, he takes the creation of God, takes it as his own, turns around on 180 degrees, and he gives the feeling, this is my creation. When you look into the world, we think often that power and possession, pleasure and sex belongs to the world. It's actually a creation thing. And that's very important to understand because the Babylonian spirit means they give the feeling this is our part. And right in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, not, not only 28 verses in the Bible comes an amazing statement. Are you ready? I love it. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. That means go home and have the best sex of your life. 
Have you ever thought about that? If you think God and the church is against sex, no, God is for sex. Go and go crazy, Adam. Be the best man you can be. Be fruitful. Can I hear an amen? This is very important to understand because right in the beginning of the Bible, after 28 verses, God says, go and have sex. If I say that to you, I get so many emails. But God is challenging them. Go out and have sex. Increase the number, in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. With other words, the sex, the pleasure, the power, possession belongs to God right in the beginning. It's not a Babylonian thing. It's a godly thing. God owns the sex. God owns the possession. But Babylonian takes it to a new level and gives us the idea God is against sex. God is against money. It's the opposite. He is the creator. Here's a lie of the devil. The devil often says to us, I am about you. I am about you. But God is always about him. But I am for you. Here are some images that you understand a little bit how the devil works and operates. For example, you see here a, a movie about a lady and a dragon. And when you see that, say, oh my gosh, to be an actor, that's a cool thing. But here was the behind the scenes, that's how they produced the movie. And you see, it's very boring. It's, it's fake it until you make it. Another one, you see, it's a very famous movie. You see like a beast and one person is, is fighting against the beast. and say, oh my gosh, that's a lot of action. But behind the scene, this was the moment. Sorry, to be an actor is nothing special. Or you see all this, a lady in a news magazine, beautiful. You say, oh my goodness, this girl has no wrinkle. It's all organic and natural, but reality without makeup and fake up, it's that picture. It's just like you and me. I mean, sorry, about me. The next one about underwear. Have you ever seen underwear? An amazing picture about underwear? Just watch the underwear, not the tattoos. This is not like giving you ideas for tattoos. This is the, all the focus is on the wear. But reality about that picture is this picture. <laughs> this is reality. Why, why, why I am saying that? It's very important to understand the devil fakes everything. He takes everything to his own and gives us the idea God is against anything. And let's pause for a moment. The world believes that the churches are boring if you're a believer, you are not rich. You cannot be rich because you give away everything. And if you believe in Christ, you have no pleasure and your sex is super church low. This is what people think. But this is not the case because God is the owner of possession and pleasure and sexuality. That's why in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16, and now please understand, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not worried about what will happen to us? They said, we will not bow down in that culture. How can we bow down about that culture when we own everything? How can I bow down? It's the same thing when Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He was super hungry. The devil came to Jesus and said to Jesus, the son of God who belongs everything, owns everything. The devil said, Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, 
I give you everything. Jesus is saying, you such a stupid. I belong already everything. Here's the thing, the devil wants to give you something, what we have already. We have the possession, we have the pleasure, and the sex is in me. Can I have a strong amen? That is very important that you understand me right now, because I not often speak about sex right in the beginning of Genesis. Here are some thinking, some ideas we have. Like what's happening in our mind often, sometimes we feel, I'm always missing out. This is like a typical devil idea. I'm always missing out. I'm not allowed to have fun. If you're following God, fun, it's over. I'm missing out of the real life. Everyone has fun, but not me. Everything is forbidden. This is a lie like Nebuchadnezzar, like Babylonia. It's straight from the hell because we own possession. We own pleasure. We own sexuality. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, if you're thrown into the flaming furniture, our God is able to deliver us. Please read this Bible verse very carefully. He said, if he is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. But if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, please understand, sir, that even then we will never under any circumstances serve you gods or worship the gold statue you have erected. With other words, we will never ever bow down because we are pleasure, we are sex, we are own everything. This is the part of creation God lives in us. How can we bow down for something we have already? Here are three statements uh, I wrote it down for you on the screen. Either God saves me from the fire. That means your faith is confirmed. God saves me through the fire. Your faith is strengthened. God saves me with the fire, your faith is completed. Either or, but we take position ourselves and believe we have everything what it takes to be really super, super happy. Let's go back for a moment about the fire furnace. It was super, super hot. And the three guys were in the fire furnace. And it was seven times hotter than usual. And often we face situations like this and praise and worship God and believe because I believe and I will believe and I will believe and I will believe. And in the fire, here are three statements. It doesn't matter how hot the oven is, but who is with you? You can be right in the midst of it but still not burn yourself. If you don't stand up for anything, you will fall for everything. With other words, here is an amazing song of a soccer team. You never walk alone. You never walk alone. Never. You know this team? A whole stadium is singing that, and that's the thing. If you're going to a hard season, you never walk alone. God always is with you, by you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. This is a statement of God. You have to position yourself as soul. He walks with me. Daniel 3, verse 24 and 25. 
And that's an amazing Bible verse. The king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of God's. Here is a statement. You never walk alone. Never ever. There's a promise from God from the beginning to the end of the Bible. I am with you and I will never ever leave you. I'm with you all the time. Here are three statements. I want to preach about it in the last minutes about power, possession, pleasure and sex. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. Are you ready for the right? Good. Stand up for my purpose. You have to stand up for my purpose. Why I'm saying that? Because God lives in us. When God lives in us means everything what God owns, what God created, it's in you. That means a Christian. We don't have a poverty mentality. We have the mentality God is in me, with me. We can do everything and everything is possible. This is the right attitude. We are not a poverty mentality. Here's the thing. Sometimes people believe if you are a Christian, you cannot be rich. My challenge is get, please get super rich. Why, what's wrong about being super rich? Nothing. As long as you give, it's nothing wrong. Just think for a moment. I want to I teach you Swiss culture just for a moment. Maybe then forget it again. If you're super rich in Switzerland, you want to buy a Ferrari or a Maserati, for example. If you buy a Ferrari, if you're attending a church, people will see, you see this super rich guy, he's so super proud, he buys a Ferrari. If you are super rich, you have the money to buy a Ferrari, but you don't buy a Ferrari because you're a Christian, because you're going to the church. People say, look, this rich dude can buy a Ferrari, but he doesn't buy a Ferrari, he's so stupid. Whatever you do. It's super wrong. In our church, we don't have this attitude. If you are super rich, I'm your fan. Because your house belongs to me as well. Just think for a moment about it. People say, I have a house in Mallorca. Oh, good for you. It's also my house now. We are super excited because I don't lacking anything. God has given me everything I need. I I, I need in my life. And John Wesley, in the revival moment, he came up with an amazing quote. He said, earn all you can, invest all you can, and give all you can. Earn all you can, invest all you can, and give all you can. This was a statement in the middle of revival. And what's, what's the meaning behind that? means God gave me a revelation some years ago about a sheep. I ties into the church, I give into reach as much as I can, but God gave me an insight. He said, Leo, think about sheep. You know, a sheep means this sheep belongs to me, me. But a sheep, the wool grows every year, right? And every year the farmer comes, cuts off the wool and brings the wool. It's like money, extra money to the church. God said to me, if you are investing in companies, it's like a sheep, you can create wool. And the good benefit as well is the sheep is multiplying. And after one year or two years, you have three sheep. And if you have three sheep 
Then you can have three sheep, you create, you take the wool, and you can give from three sheep to wool. That means if you are investing in smart companies, you are able to give even more. It's never about money, it's never about pleasure. Money, it's always about the purpose. And the purpose to getting super rich is you can give more. Can I hear an amen? I have to teach it to Swiss people because I see my church, the cars people drive. I said to them, you cannot give less and drive Ms. Maserati BMW. You, I see the cars in my parking garage. Don't play around with Pastor Leo. <laughs> the next one, I stand up for God's blessing. You know here, I believe pleasure and sex. We have a statement in our church. We are excited about life. We are excited about life with God and have a positive attitude towards life. That means I don't believe that the world goes party, takes drugs, smokes things, drinks things. And the world gives us always the idea, if you want to have fun, live in the world. If you want to be boring, go to a church, to a small group, open the Bibles and bore each other. No, the small group must be the most exciting place on planet Earth. I want to see 300 small groups. It's the best party moments in our life. Here is a picture of my small group. And um, I love, I love this, the picture. Not this one, this one. You know, in our small groups, we had a day off on a Monday. And said, guys, let's go over the Klausen Pass. And those bikes, they were super slow. Nobody will ever do that because they were super slow. This was the small group of our lives. This is exciting. We had the fun. We prayed for each other. And in the mountains, God is very close because even the mountains and the cows are praising God. Do crazy things in your small group. Cook the best food. Open the best bottle of wines because we are celebrating life. God has given us the Holy Spirit. We are innovative and we are creative and we are not a boring church. We are not a boring church. If you want to have a boring pastor, don't join ICF. The next one, just a small topic, sex. I am not against sex. No, I am not. Not. Mm. People are always thinking we are against sex. They say, we are always against sexuality before marriage. No, I am for sex. I am for sex in the marriage. And when you're married, your sex goes crazy. Your sex goes from glory to glory, from anointing to anointing, from another level to another level. We are known, if you want to have good sex, you're a Christian. Can I hear an amen? You're not convinced about that, I know. When I speak about sex, people get super quiet. Why is that so relaxed? It's just sex. But we are the best in terms of sex. And here's the thing why people ask me often, oh, it's so hard to wait for sex to marriage. No, there's a Bible verse. And that's a killer Bible verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody loves the Holy Spirit, right? We love the Holy Spirit because He enables us. Please watch for a moment. He gives us love. Love is good. Joy. Hallelujah. Peace. We need peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Now comes the word temperance. That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. You're able to wait. 
Because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? We say, oh, we love the seven one. But the last one, I don't like. God has given us the power to wait for sex in the marriage. But when you are married, married, I have a killer Bible verse for you. This morning, all the ladies, they're getting super quiet. And all the men, come on, preach it, Pastor Leo. And they said to me, whatever you want to drink, it's for free today. Wherever you want to go on vacation. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 and 5. And if you not agree, please rent a feedback to Paul. Not to me. Please read with me. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sex, sexual relationship with his own. He comes to the word own. Your own one wife or one husband, but not, not more than one. It's important to say that. I would say, I am married with one wife. People are loving. It's important in our days. Each man should have sexual relationship with and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his natural duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife doesn't have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have the authority over his own body but yields to his wife. Do not despise each other, accepting perhaps, but not should consent for a time of prayer. The only reason that you're not in the mood for sex, ladies and gentlemen, it's when you pray. It's no headache. Oh, I don't feel in the mood. It's not in the text. It means we are ready 24 hours. I read that Bible verse before I married to my wife. Do you agree about the Bible? Say, so what do you mean? Say, so I don't want to be married and say, oh, I'm tired. I am. It's in the Bible. Your body belongs to me. Are you ready to give the body to me? What do you mean by that? It's in the Bible. And we read the Bible, but this Bible text, we're getting very, very strange. We don't like it. But this is a single guy. Paul was a single guy. He said, guys, when you're married, go hard and smart as much as you can. Otherwise, the devil comes, sneaks in, and deceives you. And what I believe, I said to my wife, we're praying for a strong family, financial breakthrough, but let's pray on our knees that our sex life is a bond every level. And this is what I believe because I want to teach my boys, we are for sex in the marriage and we're going as hard as we can. And I am not, um, if you, sometimes people think, what's wrong with Pastor Leo? We don't like to speak about those topics. There's something wrong. The world speaks every day about that topic. When you open the newspapers, 20 minutes, minutes, oh my gosh, sex and sex and sex and sex. Let's talk about sex in our small groups. Let's pray for each other, anoint each other. What you can do, for example, you can anoint, you can anoint your wife with oil. Just do that. You can anoint also at the horn. Do 
whatever you can. I just want to provoke you a little bit because I don't believe that Babylonian, the world, has more pleasure and the better sex. I believe this is a creation from God and the church has to be new again. We are strong, pleasure, sex. We own everything because the devil has stolen those two topics and it's not the topic of the church anymore. And I hate that. I hate that. You know, a very good friend of mine, I will close. Um, he, he preached to the church in America uh, on a rooftop. He said, church, I'll give you a challenge for those that are married. Let's have sex in seven days every day. And the American church, they freaked out. Yeah, let's do that. They came back after one week to the praise report and said, it was not so bad. If I will give you that challenge, I have to shut up my emails. But here's the thing. Sex belongs to us. The money belongs to us. We are not against something. And I will never bow down my knees on the worldly system because the Spirit of God is in us. I want to close with a video clip. There's always a moment in history when we have to take a stand, when we have to stand up and we are a voice in a world where people are not believing in God anymore. Here's an amazing, encouraging clip for you and me. Today is a new day. Life is a privilege. The sun rises for you today. Get up. While women weep as they do now, I will fight. While little children grow hungry as they do now, I will fight. While there remains one dark soul without a light of God, I will fight. The darkness must flee because we are the light. One word and the world blooms. One glance and hope lives. One touch and burdens fall. But don't let the sounds of time get into the eyes of your vision reach those who still sit in the darkness. Now is your time. Maybe it is precisely for this that you became the queen to save us from this danger. Stand up for what you believe in, even if you're standing alone. to come because you do not know what the next day will bring so live today don't lose an hour use this moment because it belongs to you get up for what you believe so get up for what you believe and i believe right now in the daniel series if you have be around january you feel it sense god is challenging you and me to take a stand I have two teenagers, they're 18 years and 16 years old. They are, they are watching everyday social media and social media has an agenda. And their agenda is like the same Babylonian agenda, bow down and believe in a, in a worldly system. And I will say to my kids, I believe we own everything. And I believe sex is a topic for the church, for the Christians. And I will not give away that topic into the world. Not to the porn industry, not to Hollywood. It's actually a church topic. And let's be known that we are as believers of Christ. 
we have an intimacy, a strong relationship with God and our sex life is above everything else. Can you ask you to stand up for a moment and I would love to pray with you guys. It's also for myself as well. Let's stand up for a moment. Please close our eyes and I don't know right now when you praise worship, you praise Jesus right now and you heard the message. But I believe right now that the presence of God is here in the room. Christianity doesn't mean we are perfect. But we belong to God. We depend on God's grace. And Father God, here we are. Thank you so much that you created all the possessions. And all the money belongs to you. You handed the possession in our hands and said, the world is yours. Take it and do something. And thank you, Father God, for sexuality. It's a gift from God to me. And I will receive it. And I will take a stand. You know my mindset. You know my fears. You see my doubts and my struggles and my issues in my life. But in all my humbleness, in all what I am, I ask you, God, heal me, change me, empower me. Give me your godly insight and mindset. And let's be quiet for a moment. Because I believe right now this message is challenging you in a certain area. And always when I preach about it, I say, God help me. I need you. Because a lot of people you're lacking in a financial area. And you need a miracle. But still I want to say to you, heaven is in you. Eternity has already started. We are not waiting for something. It's already in us. I want to ask you right now, in the presence of God, is there any need? Is there any area where you need a miracle? I will not bow down anymore into a system. I will take a stand. In a sense right now, there's some people right now, you don't feel excited about life. You feel the world has more to offer than the kingdom of God. And I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, give those people a revelation about what we have, how innovative and creative the Holy Spirit is. He comes up with new, fresh idea that the world not even can have it. I want to ask you, for those people you think it's boring, ask the Spirit of God right now to give you a revelation. I am not boring. God is not pouring too. The church is not pouring too. The small group is not pouring too. Serving is not pouring too. I have what it has. I have the pleasure in me. And church, let's sing this song.
I will stand. Sometimes I wonder when everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.